When you think of a mentor, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Do you think of someone who is old and gray but can still pack up a wallop? Or do you think of someone who is tall, muscular, and can still take down somebody with just the swing of a sword? Whomever you could think of, mentors can come in all shapes and sizes. Whether they're meant to build you up from the beginning and can see a lot of potential in you, or someone that can ridicule you to the point where you don't want anything to do with them, but they're still able to see something within you to the point that they are meant to be in your life for a reason, to help you become the person you are throughout the point of the series. But the question is, who are these mentors that I'm speaking of? Well, you've come to the right place. I'm Jade with The Nerd Fix, the podcast where we talk about everyone and everything in anime, manga, video games, and everything under the sun. This episode, I'm going to be counting down the top 10 anime mentors that you can look into if you want to start your next journey. So sit back, relax, and get ready for your fix. Coming in at number 10, we have Eikichi Onizuka. If you're familiar with the anime Great Teacher Onizuka, then you are in for an anime that will make you want to add the series onto your watch list. Um, much like the Koro-sensei, he's far from the average teacher, and unable to find a decent job because he was considered unintelligent and didn't come from a university that he graduated from that was prestigious. From first appearance, he's seen as arrogant and ill-mannered, and he is involved in a lot of trouble, and is seen as like some of the other mentors on the list that often has trouble getting in relationships with a girl, and is rejected by every girl due to his vulgar nature. But throughout the 43-episode series, he becomes a mentor to teenagers who need a supportive adult, and during the entire series, he deals with personal problems and solves them with ridiculous and sometimes hilarious ways. And throughout the entirety of the series, he develops friendships with the students and also learns from them. And if this isn't enough, his physical prowess is on a whole nother level, especially whenever he deals with bullies. But what makes him on this list at number 10? is, yeah, despite some of the faults that he has for his character, especially with him being a bit on the perverted side on some things, at one point, he, cho- he chooses not to give up on his students, and at one point, he saved one of his students from killing himself twice. Man, I never even thought that someone like him would even go as far as to save one of his students from committing self-termination, but if that was really the case, then this guy really does deserve to be on this list for really good reason, and honestly, I don't have an issue with that. Coming in at number 9, we have Silver's Ray Lee. Making his first appearance in episode 400 of One Piece, he was held captive as a slave auction in the Saba Odi, by his own choice, by the way. However, when Luffy and the others first saw him, 
They were very, very dumbfounded by his immense power that he possesses. And this is found that later on that he is the right-hand man of the pirate king Goldie Roger, who was part of the legendary Roger Pirates and was known as the Dark King, regarded as the most powerful, one of the most powerful pirates in history. He possesses Haoshoku Haki and is one of the main figures since the time of Roger, along with Whitebeard, Garp, and Sengoku, even though he's now a retired pirate. During, after the events of Saba Odi Archipelago, he takes on he takes Luffy under his wing and trains him for two years in the training and in ho everything about hockey. And with this, he even teaches him all, all things about hockey, making him a very powerful opponent as we see Luffy currently to this day. Coming in at number eight, we have Yami Sukihiro. Now, we're going into the world of Black Clover, and for many people who are familiar with Yami, he is the captain of the Black Bulls and is one of the nine Magic Knight captains of the Clover Kingdom, and is hailed to be possibly the most powerful Magic Knight captain of the Clover Kingdom, known as the God of Destruction. He is a monster on the battlefield, and with this he is also one of its, its strongest members. Now, in the beginning, nope, in episode four of the of the anime, nobody, none of the Magic Knights rose their hand to in selecting Asta. However, Yami did see something interesting in Asta and decided to take him in to be part of the Black Bulls, and decided to mentor to Asta, even coming to his rescue at after being attacked by Atoli, teaching him how to use key. Yami does have a lot of faith in Asta's strength, and acknowledged him as one responsible for the squad's improved strength and reputation. And honestly, with something like that, I can really see why Yami is seen as a bit of a, a mentor when it comes to Asta, because seeing where Asta is currently right now, there is so much to be said about his character that I can s and really anticipate of what's going to happen next when the movie comes out on June 16th, which honestly, I cannot wait for. But going back into the countdown. Coming in at number 7, we have Izumi Curtis. Now we're going into the world of Fullmetal Alchemist and Fullmetal Alchemist Brotherhood. Izumi is a mentor of the Elric Brothers and is a self-dependent skilled master alchemist excelling in combat strength and martial arts. She uses power extracted from manipulating matter and natural energy, and her skills are derived from, from surrounding are areas and using them accordingly to her convenience. Now at the time, she didn't have anyone under her tutelage until the Elric brothers came in and she took them under her wing for six months, training them in alchemy and in martial arts. And she even looked after them as, as her own children and became a constant guard for them. And she even at one point liked the idea of creating weapons made of metal, using them in combat for long spears. And also, if this isn't enough about how amazing Izumi is, she's able to use the her powers of 
distributing the flow of ions in the body, controlling the overflow of water, and can even manipulate earth and stones for and various types. Not it really shows how amazing Izumi is. And I'm really surprised that some people would often sleep on her because she's really an amazing mentor. And honestly, I really need to get back into watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood because this is a really amazing gem that I love and is a classic that I will always watch over and over again. Coming in at number six, we have Master Roshi. Now, Master Roshi, many, many anime fans are very familiar with. He is the mentor who trained Goku since he since he was a child, and he trained him in many methods, such as where, such as wearing a turtle shell that was a, that weighed a ton, delivering milk to people, move heavy boulders, and so on. He also trained people such as Krillin and even Yamcha, which, surprisingly enough, I can't even explain why he would train someone like Yamcha, but hey, you win some, you lose some, I guess. He was even the one who taught Goku the iconic signature move, the Kamehameha. But then, there was one point where Goku was in a tournament, and he was winning match after match, and Master Roshi entered and was able to defeat Goku, reminding him not to be arrogant of his power, which taught Goku that he had to be a better fighter. And if this isn't enough, he even partook in the Tournament of Power in Dragon Ball Super, where we got to see him going all out as one of the 10 competitors fighting for Universe 7. Jeez, I really wish I could go back and relive that day, because Everybody remembers the day with Universe 7 fighting against all the other universes during the Tournament of Power arc because that was a glorious memory that everybody will remember and nobody will, rem will forget to this day. I think I'm going to need to rewatch this later this summer. Coming in at number 5, we have Genkai. Now we're going back into the 90s era of anime, we land in the world of Yu Yu Hakusho, and we meet Genkai. Known as Yusuke's mentor, she suffered during- Yusuke suffered a lot during his training under Genkai. However, the reason she did this was because she wanted the best for him. However, with all of this training that she put uh, Yusuke under, this was something out of where this where she just needed to see a perseverance and growth out of someone who wouldn't betray her this time as at one point she did have a mentor she did have someone under her but there was a bit of a betrayal under that which probably sometime in the future I might explain that in a future episode where I talk about some facts about her or maybe a brief history about her but in the in the arc for the dark tournament we do see that she was a beauty back when she was younger, and her power allows her to briefly return to her younger form when she participates. And honestly, Genkai is an absolute badass, and I love everything about her. Even though, yeah, she can be a bit of a hard-ass towards Yusuke, at least she does see a lot of good potential in Yusuke, especially with what she does want out of him. 
And who could disagree with that? Coming in at number 4, we have Satoru Gojo. Now, with Season 2 coming within a matter of a few months, actually in July, it's no wonder why many, many fans love Gojo, and for good reason. As one of the main characters of the series, and considered to be the strongest Jujutsu Sorcerer alive, he's also a rival and some superior to Sukuna, the King of Curses, and even claimed to defeat Sukuna in full power too. However, he also is able to use the Infinitive Void and just a huge power demonstrated from, from him as well, which is absolutely broken. He's also a teacher at Jujutsu High, which is a school for Jujutsu Sorcerers, where they are trained to defeat curses, and has taught powerful students such as Yuta and Itadori, Nobara and Megami, and is feared by the upper upper highs of Jujutsu society. And really, it is for a good reason. I mean, have you not seen the Infinity Void? There's a good reason why nobody would want to mess with him. Would you want to mess with him? I wouldn't. Coming in at number 3, we have Koro Sensei. Now, wiggling into the number 3 spot for, for mentors, we have Koro Sensei from Assassination Classroom. He learned to kill from, from a young age living in a violent and extremely impoverished community, and as an assassin, he trained someone from when they were a kid to learn the art of killing. But now we go forward years later where he then becomes an experiment, and he then was becomes a tentacle teacher for Nagisa and his classmates, and they where they have to kill him unless they want they want the earth destroyed. Now, it's a little bit of a stretch with a kind of a plot with that, but when you think about it this way of why, how this is all done, you can guess of why the plot is really, really interesting and why this is one of my favorite series of all time. Now, even though this is really telling of what this whole plot is, there is some positives to this. All of this it allows him to build hostile relationships with his students, ensuring there's there isn't any physical danger and they're in the right headspace. And he cares a lot about his students, and at times would get mad when when they put each other in harm's way. But one best thing about Koro Sensei is because of class three E, he becomes more empathetic and disregards the the idea of punishment and rewards as his teaching tools. And was so respected and loved by his classmates, one of his class by his class, one of his students, Nagisa, becomes a teacher, just like him. Coming in at number two, we have All Might. Now, even though season six has come to a close, but even season seven is about to make its way on coming soon, we know that All Might is one mentor that many, many anime fans are very familiar with. Known as one, known as the strongest hero in the world at the time, he was hailed as the number one hero during his prime, and was the symbol of peace and justice. He was also powerful enough that he overpowered Bak. 
Bakugo and Deku during during season two, and films were frightened of him that they were wiped out by him one by one. However, as a means of a by means of being a teacher and as a mentor, he's a, he does this naturally, and he's a bit of a pro. He passed down his quirk to Deku and told him to pass on his legacy, and trained him day and night how to use his quirk. And to Deku, he was the best teacher one could get, and trained his students efficiently and with great care, and protected them from stronger villains, pushing them to his, li to his limits, we, which was seen in season one, and even during season, even during season two. And it just shows of, despite even now being unable, now being quirkless, he's still shown to be a great mentor through and through. And I still love that, even without his quirk now, All Might still continues to be a mentor to Deku still to this day. And honestly, I still love how All Might still resembles everything that Deku looks up to be one day in the future. And I honestly can't wait to see what's going to happen in Season 7 because this is really putting me at the edge of my seat of what's going to happen next. And finally, coming in at number one, we have Jiraiya. Now, yeah, it's a bit of a, a shock that someone from Naruto is ranked at number one, but there is a good reason why he's ranked at number one. Now, let me explain. Even while he made his first appearance in the anime in episode 52, he did make an appearance where it was a bit of a rocky start. But what makes him so amazing is one of the things. He's part of the legendary Sanin and is considered the most powerful one of the most powerful shinobis in the whole village. He's also known as a Toad Sage and can summon up toads to help him during battles. And what's even more amazing about Jiraiya, he was a mentor for great shinobis such as the likes of the Fourth Hokage, Minato, Nagato, Yahiko, Konan, and later Naruto. He taught moves that that one day he would become the child of prophecy. And if this isn't enough, when Jiraiya's old teacher Hirosen Thurokage died after the attack, attack was led by Orochimaru, he was offered the position to become a Kage, but, decide, but said that Tsunade was more fit for the position instead, since he didn't fit the role. And when Naruto was unsuccessful with the pursuit to bring Sasuke back, Jiraiya decided to take Naruto with him for two and a half years to train him to become stronger. And even after two and a half years have gone by, we still see Jiraiya still being a great mentor to Naruto, up until his un until his death in the hands of pain. And even after his death, he still continues to be a a legacy in Naruto's life. Even in the board, even in Boruto, where we get to see him again, he still continues to be a a legacy in our hearts to this day. So, who was your favorite anime mentor? Was it anybody on the list that I mentioned, or was it anyone that I didn't mention? Let me know in the questionnaire I'll be posting on Spotify at the end of the episode. Let me know who it is. 
And also, I'll be posting it on Twitter for anybody who has a favorite mentor that they have from any anime or manga. But for those of you who have stuck around towards the entirety of the episode, thank you so much for listening. And as always, whether you believe in the term nerd or not, keep loving what makes you, you. And stay awesome. Thank you for stopping by. I'll see you next time for a brand episode. Later.